Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. whole bunch of people, including Jim, sent me this story. Thank you very much. This is out of Florida. Carvana sells stolen $74,000 Camaro in Polk County, according to the Sheriff's Office. Shannon Benkin wrote this. And, of course, it's better called Benkin. And that's a great resource. From WFLA, uh, the Polk County Sheriff's Office has confiscated a 2018 Camaro ZL1 that was sold by Carvana 17 months ago. 17 months ago. Records show the car was reported stolen in Texas six months before it was sold in Florida. The buyer says the discoveries left him in a financial mess. He called Better Call Benkin for help unwinding the deal and recovering his money. Uh, he bought the high-end Camaro for a total price of nearly $74,000, said he rarely drove it, put about 1,000 miles on it, and then decided to sell it himself. He took the car to a local dealer because they were interested in buying it, but it didn't take long before problems were discovered. Now, the vehicle identification number, or the VIN, is located in several places on that car. Of course, we all know about the one that's the base of the A-pillar. That's the most common one that you'll see. Quite often, there's one inside the driver's door, once, and there's often it being stamped elsewhere around the car. Turns out, it's also stored in this car's onboard computer. So the vehicle identification number, shown in the windshield and inside the driver's door, did not match the VIN found under the hood. So they hooked up an onboard diagnostic computer where they learned that the VIN under the hood was the correct one and the other ones that were visible to the naked eye were not. And I've mentioned this before that a lot of times car thieves will clone a stolen car by taking the VINs off something else and they will only replace the ones that are easy to find. So two VINs, uh, that is the one under the hood and the one on the computer, um, uh, are, are very similar to the actual real VINs to this car, but the last five digits are off. The news got worse. The VIN check showed that the car was reported stolen out of Texas in 2022, six months before he bought it. So the man says, this is unacceptable. For this long, for me to own the car for two years, almost two years, now it's gone, and they charged me all this money. They should have done their due diligence until they sold it to me. It should never have made it to me. He said he called Carvana and reported this, and also the Polk County Sheriff's Office obviously involved. Uh, Carvana told him they can't do anything until they have a report from law enforcement. They, they say they're simply waiting for the police report. Making matters more complicated, he said the sheriff's office told him they didn't have a report yet because the investigation was so new. He said he's now stuck making payments for the car and also car insurance on the car. And that's an interesting question because he probably does show as the titled owner someplace. So let's suppose, I'm making up stuff here, but hypotheticals, because these are always fun. Let's suppose that they're shipping the car back to Texas, and it gets in an accident somehow. Let's suppose it falls off a car hauler and hurts somebody. Who are they going to sue? Oh, who's the titled owner? This guy is. I, I, don't get me wrong, I know he's got a great defense. <laughs> but after a call from Shannon Benkin, the sheriff's office sent the man a copy of an incident report that he could forward to Carvana. He said the dealership said once they have that, they will work on a resolution. Meanwhile, the TV station reached out to Carvana and got this. In this unusual case, Carvana and our customer were victims of a sophisticated criminal act. Customer experience is our top priority. We're taking steps to make things right for our customer, given the unique circumstances. We're also supporting local law enforcement in their investigation and remain aggressive in our efforts to protect future customers against bad actors. A spokesperson for the sheriff said they're investigating 
and will likely return the car to Texas, where it was reported stolen. Law enforcement there will take over the investigation and see if they can figure out how this happened. And, of course, the car will go back to whom it was stolen from. And so I had several people ask me about this recently. And several people also asked me, this is Steve, you did the story about the guy who stole money. He stole money, and he gambled it all away. The money's all gone now. And the people whose money was stolen, instead of going to that guy and going to give us the money back because he hasn't got it, they said, okay, let's go to the people that he gambled with and ask them to return it. Because they obviously took this stolen money and they, and they, and they just did something with it. And I said, well, that's not how that works. And, and people go, but Steve, if it's a car, they return the car to the correct owner, what's the difference? And there's two big differences. Two big differences. The way money is handled in our country, when someone hands you money, there's nothing on it to indicate ownership. That really is where possession is a big part of the law. (laughs) Nine-tenths, eight-tenths, whatever you want to go with. And so if we had to stop every transaction we're doing and saying, can you do me a paper trail on this? It It would grind the country to a halt. So no, money is treated like it's just exchangeable like that without asking for the provenance of the money. However, cars are an extremely unusual thing in the sense that if I showed you a widget, I haven't gotten one in front of me. (laughs) Normally do, but I don't. If I showed you a widget and said, who owns this widget? You look at it and go, well, you probably do. You got it. It's yours. Uh, It's on your set. You've had it there for years, whatever it might be. I'm guessing it's yours, right? But the point is, with an automobile... There is a vehicle identification number, which is unique to that vehicle, hopefully, and a title that's registered with a state someplace that says who owns this and who's the last registered owner of this vehicle. And that titling system is what makes cars so different. So if somebody brings a car into a car dealership and goes, hey, just give me some cash and I'll walk away, that won't work. But if I walk into a junk shop with my widget and go, hey, I want to sell you this widget, they look at me and they go, oh, okay, and they, they buy my widget. And there's no titling system for widgets the way there is for cars. So that titling system is part of it because any car dealer knows that the vehicle's got a VIN, that VIN is tied to a specific car, and someplace there's a certificate of title that reflects that, and there's a record of that title with a state someplace. Whether it's in Florida or Texas, that's the whole point. But the second thing is this. Because of the way goods are bought and sold, okay, especially cars, if I sell you something, I am warranting that I own it and I've got the right to sell it to you. And then when I do sell it to you, you then take full ownership of it, unless I specify otherwise. So if you go to a garage sale and some guy's got a riding mower out there and it's not titled or anything, it's just a riding mower, and you go, how much for the mower? And he goes, 500 bucks. And you buy it for 500 bucks and you drive off with it. Um, It's presumed that the guy owned it, had the right to sell it to you, and now you own it. That's that's how that works. and, And that's a warranty of title. However, with automobiles, they have this titling system in place, which means that, It's not simply a matter of taking someone's word for it. So I walk up to you and go, I got this car. You want to buy it? You go, sure, show me the title. I haven't got the title. At least I don't have the paper one, but I'll still sell it to you really cheap. No one in their right mind is going to buy that car. 
because they haven't got the title. Everyone knows that. You buy a car with a title. The title is that important. And so it's confusing as a lot of people think that the title that you get is your warranty of title. No. Warranty of title means that the person selling has got the right to sell it to you, to transfer title to you, and they are the ones who are saying, I can transfer good title to you. But that all kind of goes out the window when there's a system that has a paper title that reflects true ownership. And so when someone walks into a dealership and says, I've got this car to sell you, first thing you do is, do you have the title? Yes, I do. I've got a title. And so they, they, they have a piece of paper in their hands. They go, I've got a title. Now, you might go, okay, so as long as the title matches the VIN, you're good to go, right? Well, that's where the question arises. How much due diligence does the dealer have to do to actually not be on the hook for this? And an argument can be made that that title does not match that car. They're the ones who accepted these mismatched things. They're on the hook for it regardless. That's one good argument. But the other thing is, is that anybody who works in the business knows that, yes, there's the VIN at the base of the windshield. Yes, there's a VIN on the inside of the door. And, yes, there are VINs in other places, including, apparently, on the onboard computer. All somebody had to do was plug the computer in and go, what's the VIN? Oh, it doesn't match. A VIN mismatch is a problem and probably indicates a stolen car to which the person who's in possession of it doesn't have title. That is the actual title, and they probably weren't given a warranty of title when they acquired it because it's stolen. And so the big difference between the money and the car is that the car actually has a title history that you can double-check, whereas the money doesn't. I hand you a $100 bill, say, and you look at it and go, oh, I know where you got this from. You stole it. You have no way of knowing that. I know the police will sometimes think they have a way of knowing that. That's another story altogether with asset forfeiture. But I'm talking about the fact that cars have this titling system in place. And so when somebody screws up and doesn't catch that, you've got to look at it and go, okay, who is in the best position to catch that? And the person in the best position to catch that was the dealer. And there is actually uh, emphasis placed on the dealers for looking into these things to make sure that they don't buy and sell stolen property. And so I assure you that when you look at the requirements to be a dealer in a state, most states tell dealers that it is on you to make sure that you verify the authenticity of the title and how good the title is for that car and, and that you take care of all necessary paperwork to make sure the tra- you know, title transfers properly and take steps to avoid having stolen cars travel through your inventory. So we'll see what happens But the man should get his money back from Carvana because they sold him a stolen car. And to understand that sentence, you have to realize it was incorrect. They didn't sell him a stolen car because they did not actually manage to sell him anything. They took his money and delivered a stolen car to him. But the car was not his, which is why it's in Texas right now. So they did not sell him a car. They attempted to sell him a car. And... People always ask, Steve, have you ever handled a case like this? Yes, I have. I've handled cases like this where people purchased vehicles from dealerships that turned out to be stolen, and every single one, my client got their money back, the car went back to the true owner, 
And some dealership, some place is crying, trying to get their money back from who they bought the car from. And that's one reason. And if you're a car dealer in my audience, I know there's a couple of you, that you take very good steps to make sure that you know who you're buying cars from and that you can track them down later if need be. Because if they sold you a stolen car and they skedaddle, well, they're the ones that you need to be getting your $74,000 back from. So again, better call Benkin out of WFLA4 to doing great work. Shannon Benkin wrote this piece. Carvana sells stolen $74,000 Camaro in Polk County. And the good news is that it got figured out. The car is going back to its true owner. And it looks like the man will get his money back. I'm sure if he doesn't, we'll hear all about it. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Law of Window Cleaning. It's on the other side.